broadcasting live from the Sulphur Springs and just downstream from the skeleton of our little imp friend who stayed in too long on the plane of Dominaria. It's Tap Tap Concede. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Tap Tap Concede. We have some fun guests for you here today and uh, I am very happy to introduce uh, Alan who's a streamer. He's the host of Mental Misplay and he's a competitive uh, CEDH aficionado. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play play CEDH for sure. Excellent. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm psyched to be here. Yeah. We have Voxy, who's a Twitch streamer and magic personality, and also who's here in person rather than on my computer. And it's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. I'll take it. Sup, nerds. <laughs> and we have uh, Jorbs, who's a Twitch streamer, strategy gamer, connoisseur, and has the driest humor on this side of the studio. Thank you. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. James is over there. Oh, I so it, it's uh, we're all parched over here, but not in a thirsty way, just in a Moving on to my next comments. Uh, everybody is in town here for the pre-pre-release, so we thought let's keep making content and uh, have a fun special episode of Tap Tap Concede, which, as always, is brought to you by the fine people at CardKingdom.com. Card Kingdom is a constitutional monarchy of cards, and until they send me a cease and desist, that is how I will describe them. Uh, and uh, the fine people at our Patreon, thank you for supporting us at Patreon. Y I get paid to do this, so thank you. Uh, and also James, uh, who's running the board, gets paid, and we pay for the electricity, and it's actually very important, and we appreciate it a lot. Uh, and uh, uh, and that's about it. Find this where fine podcasts are served. Oh, I was really close to getting through that. Anyhow, it's time for some casual chat. So my first pre-prepared question is, uh, the first time you played Magic, what hooked you? What was the thing that brought you into the game? And you're like, oh, actually, I like this. Uh, I mean, it's just like the sick monsters, like for sure. Like seeing, like I came up playing like revised on the schoolyard blacktop, the whole thing. Oh. And so seeing like Lord of the Pit and, you know, your like demonic hordes, all that, just like cool, spooky monsters really did it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it's easy, easy enough. Like a lot of like just the spooky badass art for sure so how many now valuable and or powerful cards did you absolutely ratch by like twisting unsleeved into schoolyard pavement i've got a couple of those like <laughs> from exactly that like your demonic cords lord of the pit breeding pit that sort of stuff that are all just like uh, evan prater one of my favorites uh just absolutely cut to pieces from that and i've still got a couple of them floating around oh excellent Noted the binder. Condition heavily played. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well loved. Foxy, what was what what hooked you? What were you like? When you were like, oh no, there's no going back. There's no going back. <laughs> Honestly, the thing that I think that got me like fully hooked on magic is my partner at the time taught me how to play mm. and he really liked it. And I wanted to like be in his world of like the things that he liked. And uh, I always liked playing video games and everything, but never really a trading card game. Mm. I never experienced it and then like i really liked the we played a lot of limited mm -hmm. so i really liked opening up all of like the packs and like seeing what comes out of that it's like i don't know it's just something like a, something about a grab bag just gets me so i stayed in it because i started it because he liked it and then i stayed in it because i liked it right 
Yeah. So you got rid of the partner, but you kept the good stuff. Sure did. <laughs> so I tossed him with the draft chaff. Just <laughs> out of here. <laughs> We've all had a few draft chaff partners in our team. You have to get through a few draft chaffs to get to a limited bomb. Yeah. Okay? It's just, just how it goes. It's the rules. Yeah. Heartwarming. <laughs> Unless you're the draft chaff. I have to put <laughs> left on the LGS table, swept into the garbage. Yeah, but someone's draft chaff is somebody else's like perfect combo piece completion. Yeah, sleeper card, all of the above. Yeah, yeah. Belongs. absolutely. Uh, so, Jorbs, you play a lot of video games mm -hmm. and you play a lot of different games, but uh, from our brief discussions earlier, you were talking about like, you know, going to pro tours back in the day. So I'm very curious how you got your start with Magic. I never competed in a pro tour. I visited some. I had friends who were playing my ducks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Um, I'll hair flip. I actually, I moved to the States when I was 12, which was in 1999. And my first friend at middle school invited me to go to a mall called Crossroads. And they had a Wizards of the Coast store there. I think Wizards used to have stores and they had like eight total ever. And they're all shut down now. But at the time it was open and we played a draft and I got annihilated. Uh, I still remember the guy's deck. It was blue-white flyers, which is just broken. And always has been and always will be. Uh, and I loved it. And it was so cool to like be hanging out with like a person who seemed to care about me and want to be my friend. Yeah, I was his best man at his wedding. And, you know, like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's been good. And also, he introduced me to magic. And that's been a great thing for me in my life, too. Oh, that's wonderful. Wow. I have no randomly rude pithy comments to say about that true story of beautiful friendship <laughs> uh so you've sort of had a like a lifelong i i got into magic like fairly late i went to a pax once and uh, way back in the day at paxes uh this is like after we were doing loading ready run for a while uh they would put like starter decks of like magic the gathering cards just like in the pack swag bags and oh. so we were like waiting for something and all of us just were like i don't know let's play with these and i've always like strategy kind of like smart games but like i'd never played a trading card game or anything like that before i'd like started it i was like oh wow, this is exactly my jam. And like and like you, I was like, wow, these black cards really speak to me some, for some reason. They really, you know, I just, oh, wow. Just, I just get to destroy your creature? That speaks to me in some way. <laughs> so I was hooked and I never looked back. Uh, huh. Did anybody in your group like play at all? No. Or you guys just like picked up the cards and were just like looking at them? Well, some of us had played before. I found out like after this had happened that uh, like... Cameron like uh was like oh no oh no I'm getting back into it I'm like and he was just like he was like oh yes I've got the war stories and stuff like that and like James and Graham had played a bit as like kids very like schoolyard I'm 12 years old I'm in middle school kind of thing uh but I was uh like in my 20s <laughs> well, and think thinking about it more as far as like this the kid aspect of it like there's also like you know i was probably like 10 
So thinking like about like, like I just wanted more, you know, like the collectability aspect of it was also like a huge thing. It's just like, I like, I want more like, oh, like that's how my brain works is like, I'm always thinking mm-hmm. of like whatever the next thing is or where whatever's next. So I always just wanted the stuff that I didn't yeah. have. So it was just like, gotta have yeah. more and more and more. I remember for sure. I remember being so excited when I traded an exalted angel and decree of justice for a foil day of dragons. Nice. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> this is this is still a heartwarming memory for you. Yeah. <laughs> like your, your whole body language just like yeah. lit up with joy. Yeah. The way that the other guy smiled made me think maybe I did something wrong. <laughs> I don't know. You're happy. I was happy. Yeah, was happy. that's the only thing that matters in life. Well, that and not getting ripped off by a, a 13-year-old, I suppose. But it yeah. happens. <laughs> it yeah. happens. They get you. Yeah. I hope he enjoyed those cards when i first started playing magic you'd go to like i'd like go to the lgs and be trading and stuff like that and i'd I'd never know i was like i don't know what is going on here i am gonna assume this works out in my favor or at least is equal because i don't know i want it therefore it's good that was my that's my experience with trading basically (laughs) i have so many of the just like i traded away like x and i'm just like like i do not see like i don't like yeah 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 i i went you know i came up like i said doing the schoolyard stuff and then like went through playing type two and and so like i had a play set of all sorts of crazy stuff and when i got back into magic like it was like a nice easy 16 year hiatus right Mm. and so when i got back into it i had a bunch of stuff that i traded away and it's worth more now than it was when I got back into it in 2015 and I like wasn't fully cognizant of like the significance of the reserve list so yeah I'm 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 a sad boy uh, when it comes to that stuff for sure <laughs> I think that segues us ni- nicely to our next topic <laughs> which is like what's 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 one of your what's a funny goofy uh maybe sort of bad beats but you know kind of fun kind of way uh magic the gathering story so uh i feel like i should volunteer to go first so we were not putting people on the spot but i can never remember a time where i've been true oh no wait i remember a time when i've been truly crushed it is one of the most famous and it was caught on camera do you remember during the very first james is already laughing do you remember during the very first ppr james where you're like you should attack this guy you should attack Graham. I do remember this. Yeah. yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Is he going to hit you back for 16 damage? I mean, it seemed improbable at the time. Did Graham then hit me back for exactly 16 damage and donk me out of the tournament? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he sure did. That was awkward. Uh, that, after that, we made a rule that table friends weren't allowed to give play advice. And I wasn't invited back to the PPR, so, you know. <laughs> That's a self-imposed exile. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Anybody else get dumpstered by their husband on stream because their friend told them to do it? <laughs> I like part. Part of my whole stream is inviting people on who dumpster me all day. Like, there's mm. that's just the vibe. Is if I can get somebody out there who can just rock the whole pod with a turn one win it's like it's a success for sure so there's a couple people who i'll invite out knowing that it's just going to be an uphill battle the whole every game is going to be like you got to be ready to just wheel them instantly or whatever it is to stop from getting yeah dumpstered exactly that (laughs) what's what's the most degenerate turn one combo 
Oh man, there's so. I mean, just turn one wheels are always funny. Like a turn one, like people mulligan really hard for a reason, and a turn one wheel will always just have the like it have the whole table tilted. Or some people mull to four, and they're like, "Oh, cool! Like that's I'm psyched about this turn one wheel." Uh, mulling to four is like regular activity at at our table for sure it's so like i'm learning more and more the significance of like mulling aggressively Uh, until you hit something that allows you to get the other pieces online so what what i'm hearing is like at some tables a mull to four is like oh he's on four that's a powerful start i mean it's just like just really desperately going after something explosive or settling. Sometimes it's settling. Sometimes it's like, okay, I've got the land crypt wheel that I need or whatever it is. I have a buddy, uh, Madanon, who recently has was very, very loud about uh, mulling to one and taking the game. So I've, I've seen like it. You never know what's going to happen. These games are totally absurd. I would write um, that into a script because it would be improbable. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was like and I think it's because he got wheeled like shortly after oh. like the game started. Um, but still, it was like really, really crazy. So um, and yeah, I've got another friend who's like runs like a Rograk Silas deck that revolves around. I think I think the deck runs like 22 lands and they're just absolutely vicious about like ramping out as fast as possible. And it goes into like Snoop lines or bullet Citadel lines and stuff like that. But like they come on the show and dumpster the table constantly. That's bunny. And they're an absolute menace. So yeah, just there's, yeah, those, those are the type of wins that I see a lot. The super degenerate turn one stuff. Writes down absolute menace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Voxy. Have you ever dumpstered or been the or been the dumpstery? I mean, obviously, but I like... have been the one doing the dumping. Excellent. <laughs> That's the way you want to word it. Uh, I think my most like memorable instance of that would be like I did a lot of um like pre-releases because I only really played limited. Mm. I only really played limited. Um, and I remember I was 3-0 in my pre-release, Shadows over Innistrad. Mm. And my final opponent, because you had to play four people, I asked them or they asked me, they're like, hey, uh, do you want to split? Like, I'd like to go and, like, eat. And I was like, well, if I'm honest with you, like, I'm kind of new and I'm doing really well. I've not really done this, whatever, before. And they looked me up and down and they said, I'll go 4 <gasps> To my face! To my face! And I was like... <laughs> and I sat down and I absolutely crushed them. And it was the greatest. I had two Westvale Abbeys. Nice. Like, I had, like, millions of, like, token-making things. And it was, like, it was the most satisfying thing that I've ever done in all of my time of playing Magic. Oh, and, my God. Oh, it was so, it was so great. And they tried to, of course, be like, I said something afterwards, like, you know, like, that's why you probably shouldn't say those types of things. Like, well, I didn't mean it like that. I just, I just was saying, like, I would like to go 4 so I could, like, you know, go and, like, get, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it like that if I was going to look stupid. Yeah, of course not. No, 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 I didn't mean that. No, no, no. Like, so that's probably my, my highlight of, it was, like, when I was kind of newer, too, uh-huh. into, like, playing, so... First time I ever four owed. Wow, that that didn't even happen to me. That's one of my highlights of Magic: <laughs> <laughs> It was very satisfying. Oh my god, incredible! <laughs> Jorbs, top that. <laughs> my my favorite dumpstering story. Um, so a long time ago, I played a deck called Howling Mine, and the idea was you used Howling Mine to make your opponent draw lots of cards. 
and you used boomerang and eye of no war where type effects to bounce their lands back to their hand and it worked great against control because control decks like just play one land a turn in this format at least mm. um so you just boomerang everything and then they start discarding their cards and you can win whatever way you want but it doesn't work against aggro because they like play a one drop and yeah, a they're... two drop and then they attack you and you die they're excited. They're like, oh, more cards, please. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work. So <laughs> I figure, like, it's a blue deck, but Nourishing Shoal has an alternate casting cost where you can just pitch a green card to it to cast it for whatever the converted mana cost of the green card is. So even though Nourishing Shoal is a green card, I can put it in my blue deck. Um, and I looked up what the most expensive green card was in the format, and it was Autochthon Worm. And so I played four Autochthon Worm, four Nourishing Shoal main deck in this deck. And I got paired against Mike Long on Magic Online. And Mike Long, if you don't know, is he's more infamous than famous, I would say, as a historic Magic the Gathering player. And he's playing the red-green aggro deck that has been terrorizing me. I'd been losing every game to it. But it like was very good at dealing 20 damage, not very good at dealing 50 damage. Mm. And on turn two of game one, I pitched... Autochthon Worm to Nourishing Shoal and Twin Cast it to gain 30 life while he was attacking me for four. And he just disconnected from the match. <laughs> <laughs> just conceded match. Um, and I got to talk to him like like two years later. We played again and I just like was chatting with him. Like we were just shooting the shit about life. Um, and I talked to him for like an hour or so. And then at the end of the conversation, I was like, do you remember? Do you remember when I pitched the Autochthon Worm against you? And that was the end of the combo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I, I don't have a follow up for that. I'm just like my mind is reeling with like I don't actually like with like potential like follow ups you could do if you ever ran into him again. Oh yeah, I mean. It's always on the radar. It's always on the radar. Do you carry a like a, a Tarkthon worm in my pocket? Yeah. Yeah, in my shoe actually. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So ask him to sign it. Oh. <laughs> wow. He yep. might just like That's disconnect cool. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes might glaze over and he might not come back for like four or five minutes. <laughs> you might need to get him a chair. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, that boy, that conversational topic turned out a lot better than I thought it would. I don't have a I don't have a clean segue. Actually, I have a bad joke though, which is a clean segue to my next segment. How do you know if somebody likes King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Mm. This next question is about favorite bands. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. Uh, One of my favorite bands, not my favorite band of all time, but one of my favorite bands is a band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. uh, And they uh, are extremely prolific. Uh, So, (laughs) if you like a band that puts out at least three albums in a year, good job. Uh, And, uh, but they make sort of like psychedelic rock music. uh, And... uh, with varying varying degrees of like sometimes the albums have like guitars that sound like Metallica and sometimes the albums have flutes <laughs> it just depends on what they're feeling that day mm-hmm. yeah you have to absolutely that yes from musicians yeah let yeah. it flow yeah, they, yeah. The, that's that's the music they want to make and enough and they make enough of it that if you if you don't like an album that's fine come back and two more and see if you like that one better 
<laughs> yeah, which is like I feel like stream viewers could benefit from that mindset. Mm -hmm. Do you think they have a lot of fans who are like, when are you gonna play flute again? Uh, <laughs> where is the flute? Yeah. I mean, based on based on my interact my limited interactions on like the subreddit to like find out about when concert tickets are gonna go on sale and stuff like that, uh, there it's mostly fans who are like, man, I wish you'd make another heavy metal album. And it's like, ah, they've already made two, right? I'm the one saying that. When's the flute coming back? Mm -hmm. But I've been rewarded. Jorbs, do you have like a favorite band or maybe like a kind of music you like to listen to oh, when streaming? I mean, all the music's so good. I think my favorite band experience was in college one day. I got a text message from a guy I'd met on a plane. This is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, come to Magnuson Park right now. Um, and I was like in a class. So I was like, I'm in a class. And he was like, no. <laughs> come now so i walked from UW to magnuson park which is not a short walk really and when i got there the blakes a uh, local indie rock group um they were shooting a music video and they had just collected as many seattle area musicians as they could and the scene in the music video is there's like a character who's basically the devil and he's basically deciding if people get their record published or not oh and all of the different seattle area musicians are like in a line like smoking and looking cool someone got a tattoo on set under a slow-mo camera um wow and i just got to hang out and so i really like the blake's music still i have no idea if it's good or not it's like too strongly nostalgic for me to be an unbiased judge I, you know you know what i think it's okay i it's if you still like it then it's good yeah, it's probably good. Yeah, I mean, realistically though, the only person who has to listen to the music that you like is you. Like you're. Well, I play it on stream. <laughs> and your viewers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but as long as you like it, then it's going to make you in a good mood and make you happy. I'm like the anti-music snob because mm. uh, I grew up in like a small town. And it's like, you know, you want to get into music and, you know, you literally, I've had the question, we'll name one of their other albums. And so I was like, okay, mm. I'll throttle you, but only in my mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not the name of the album? No. Oh, okay. uh, I was like about, it was about ween albums. Like if there's one <laughs> band that's not going to give a crap whether or not you're a hardcore fan, I feel it's ween, right? <laughs> I did probably just be happy someone was listening to them. Uh... <laughs> I I do like Ween. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen's getting unusually defensive. Time to move on. Foxy, what music makes your heart sing? Uh, honestly, I like mashups. Mm. I've been listening to like a lot of mashups lately. I listened. Uh, I liked. Uh, we would do sub song request Sunday on stream before the great DMCA strike of 2020, where I lost all of my clips and got a copyright strike oh. for the, some reason. It was really cool. They said, "Hey." Um, in this clip uh, from a year ago, you played this song and uh, you got a strike from it. And then you click on the link and they've already deleted the clip. So they just tell you that you just have to take their word for it that I guess I got a copyright strike. So that was really fun. But I like mashups, mm. I think. Like Paramore, Fall Out Boy, uh, Post Malone, like mashups all together. Like older songs too. Have you ever heard like the Best of Booty albums? Mm. Oh, they're like collections of DJ mashups. There's like a best of booty that comes out every year and they're always 
bananas. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to it. Graham is the the true mashup connoisseur in our household, but okay. uh, he could give you he could give you some of the choice cuts from the from 2022 for sure. I would love a list of choice mashup cuts. Excellent. I'm listening to like the same four. For, <gasps> like, <laughs> I don't I don't really experiment a lot with music. You should check out Slamba Yetu. Slamba Yetu. It's Baba Yetu. Familiar Baba Yetu. Civilization Four main menu music oh. like won awards and stuff. Okay, but then they added um, the Space Jam to it, <laughs> which is what it was missing. Everything is missing Space Jam. Yeah, you realize yeah. that once you listen to the mashup. Yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's the Lord's Prayer in Swahili, Baba Yetu, which is like very beautiful, and Space Jam, I believe, is the Lord's Prayer in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were so into devotional music. <laughs> this, is, this is this is like a yeah at least we can attend like it's some sort of experience. Join this, <laughs> okay? We find beauty everywhere. Uh, Alan, what kind of music do you like? It's so all over the place. There is a mashup album on my like heavy rotation though. The Biggie Smalls Frank Sinatra album is Ooh. absolutely and and it's like of course very like. New York like it's New York like boiled down to its essentials so like that that album is like a like maudlin walking around the city kind of music for me but mm. um otherwise like it really is all over the place I love Busta Rhymes so much like so so much and then otherwise the like genre or like music albums whatever that gets like heavy heavy rotation for me is the old uh like suede head trojan records like roots reggae stuff so your um northern soul type of yeah like old roots reggae rocksteady the like skinhead suede all that sort of stuff is like so so foundational for me and i love hearing that stuff anything with like the farfisa organ all that it's just the yeah that sound is so so good i absolutely love it so I'm going to go hunt that down. I'm also like a, a connoisseur of a wide variety of music. I'll try anything once. And uh, most music's pretty good. It's definitely better than what I could make. So I don't feel like I should be in a position to judge it too harshly. There's some really good documentaries about the rise of that sound. Ooh. And the it's called Sound System, I think is the name of one of the um, documentaries. And it like talks about the rise of people playing it from a sound system out of their garage and like going through the dance hall days and then how it then migrated to England and became like a second wave sound and broke into your bands like the specials and all that sort of stuff kind of were like the next generational iteration of it. But there's like Trojan records, like any of the Trojan records comps are just like incredible. And it's all a very like each each one of the comps will have like a slightly different sound, whether it's like ska, rock, steady, whatever. But um, it all has a very similar kind of bend to it. I, yeah, I, that's I'll put that on in the background and just vibe to it at all times. Like I love, love, love it. Right. So if you're a fan of like ska or like punk music or something like that, or like you know new wave, then this is stuff that you want to check out. Yeah, for sure. This is like it's all very foundational to that. 
like specific sound for oh. sure. Man, I love when you discover the thing that influenced the thing that influenced the thing. <laughs> I was I was reading Wikipedia while streaming because that's the kind of streaming experience that I like to serve <laughs> up to my viewers. Sure, no, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, and I was reading about uh, Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. Sure. Uh, and uh, I had not read that book. And then I was reading the plot description. And because I am a bold person and I like to live dangerously, I went, I would bet money that Douglas Adams read this before he writ wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And then I kept scrolling down the Wikipedia page. And I was right. They had like a little section where Douglas yeah. Adams talked about his influence. And I didn't know any of that. But I looked really smart and I was really happy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was live and it was caught live. Yeah, yes. well, because I don't, but I don't keep clips of my stream or record any of my oh. VODs because of that DCM, DCMA takedown music listening thing. Yep. So... That's why I can retell the story. And it's not egotistical. It's just so other people right. can know. But yeah, I love it when you're like, oh, the thing, the thing that influenced the yep. thing, yeah. the original thing. But it's it's also hard to talk about that and not be like, like elitist about it as well. Be like, oh, well, you must, you know, you have to listen to this. If, you, if you're into this genre, then you have to listen to their first album or whatever. Like it's, it's hard to not kind of come off that way when talking about that sort of thing so that's i usually tend to not <laughs> be like oh well you know did you know it come well <laughs> you know it's a well actually moment <laughs> i'm always like if you like this you should check out this you'd probably like it too yeah. that's that's as firm as i'll get on it right because i don't want to <laughs> yeah, what if they don't like it then they'll might be they might be mad at me <laughs> <laughs> if you could uh if you could uh recommend one album by the Blake, the Blakes. I don't know any of their album names. What's their What's the, the best song? Ramshackle Hearse is the name of the song that they were recording the music video for. So if we go and pull up the music video, would you? Would a young Jorbs be in the background? No, absolutely not. And <laughs> not the, I mean, it's a very well-made video. Ooh. What happened was a Seattle area photographer and general media guy really liked their music and reached out to them and just said, "Hey, I have an idea for a music video." can I film this with you? And so he really, like for a small band at the time, they have an incredible music video for that song. If you're curious, it was off the 2009 album Souvenir. Thank you. From the Blakes. Thank mm. you. There's your musical recommendations on Tap Tap Concede. All right. these I just prepared a list of unrelated ridiculous questions. Uh, so... My last one is this is I, I teased it on the last time I hosted a podcast as a as a controversial four spicy pepper level question. I want your uh, I want your most controversial hottest food take. So I have a controversial food take that I will prime the pump with. I was I'm staying at a friend's house right now for various reasons. And he was he's making ice cream and he's like, taste the creme anglaise. And so then I, I'm like, well, hold on. I need to, I can't do it this because you have a silicon spatula. I need to go get a metal spoon to taste it. I can't lick it off the spatula. Ooh. And I, and he went and I said, cause I can taste the spatula. Mm. So like, and then I, he went, what? And I went, interesting that I was expecting my friend who could cook to not to, I was expecting immediate agreement that I was not sure. a fruit loop. Uh, and then so I got, and I was like, you don't like, if you take a clean spatula, it tastes like something. It has a flavor to it. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so I was like, it tastes like, and so I like literally took one of his spatulas and stuck it in my mouth like a lollipop. And I'm, 
<laughs> you know, it tastes like it's like a little bit bitter and it tastes a little bit chemically. It's not like a food taste. It's like artificial, right? Yeah, I know the fair. taste. Okay, thank you. Yeah. No, it's real. Oh, thank God. Because I, I, like, after this happened, I phoned, I phoned my husband, Graham. I was like, Graham, I need you to like a spatula. And he was like... I love you and I support you. What am I doing? And he was like, no, I don't taste anything, Kathleen. And I was like, oh, no. This has been a struggle for me this summer because I decided that liquid ice was watering down my beverages and I wasn't going to stand for it anymore. Oh. So I got ice cubes that are like plastic and have water inside them and you freeze them and then put the plastic cube in your drink. Right. And when it unfreezes, the water doesn't water down your drink. Right. But now my drink's... Tastes, tastes like, like plastic. plastic. So, <laughs> so oh, thank God. So I need like stainless steel ones or something. But it is are they? What does steel taste like? Is that bad too? I don't know. I I mean I like one. I can't I can't lick off my finger. I can't lick off a wooden spoon. I have to use a metal spoon if I'm tasting food. I'm very particular. I do a lot of cooking though. Um, but why not just take the drink that you're making and you want ice in it? Why not just freeze that? Like if you want iced tea, just freeze some tea. <laughs> freeze the drink. Hmm. I think there's some there's something cultural about serving a drink with ice in it, though. Right. A and little bit. That's true. And then what? Like, what if people like want that watery drink? Oh, true. Like some people don't like flavor. Also, <laughs> who are those people? So cooling the <laughs> drink down before I drink it requires me to plan ahead more than two minutes right which is yeah this requires that you're going to know you're going to want to have yeah. iced tea for example at least right. four hours in advance maybe at a different time in my life i would have been able to do that <laughs> or will be able to maybe will be able to do it maybe but currently no i think the the plastic i like they make like the stone ones right for like whiskey and stuff like that right so that's probably I don't know what if I that's need. specific to whiskey and all that like that's not an area that i'm super familiar with but i know with the plastic stuff like unless you're getting plastic that's i don't and i don't know if this is something that gets made but like when you freeze plastic it changes the structure of it mm -hmm. and will break down yeah um oh. so like that's probably what's happening. And, I wonder and, like, about the health of it as well. Yeah, people sure. talk about like microplastics and all. Yep. I, I, I sold filtered water coolers for a long, long time, right, and yeah. so like I got like indoctrinated into why plastics are bad and plastic bottles are bad and the big jugs are bad and it's a big part of it is because they freeze and get unfrozen so much that it breaks them down. So that's to me an easy parallel to the plastic yeah. ice cubes imagine coming over to my house and i like serve you a drink and it's like these are the these are the stones of ireland the <laughs> the gladsbury scotch distillery uses these for the and you're like having a dr pepper yeah out <laughs> of like really a do. minion mug yeah. <laughs> 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 babe get out the fine china we have guests coming over <laughs> Get the ice cubes. <laughs> I, I went the opposite way recently. So you're talking about like no, no ice, no melting. We got this ice cube tray that's like it's a tray and it's got like a container under it, but the ice cubes are small. So and we like those because you you just crack it into the tray and you can take a handful and put it mm -hmm. in the drink. But the real joy of it is it freezes faster. Sure. So mm. you don't have to wait as long when you fill it up to have like more ice. Instant so, gratification. Yeah. So it's it's a yeah it's a much much faster process, which I've been really yeah. excited. My last freezer just had the machine. Yep. 
at any moment. Mm. Well, at any moment, I could hear a machine go <laughs> in my apartment, but then also I would have ice whenever I wanted. My new freezer does not. It's been, a, I think that was the, you know. Did the machine have that the crushed ice? That was the thing that influenced the thing that influenced the thing for me. That's where it all started. <laughs> Did it have the crushed ice no. option as well? No. I love those because, like, crushed ice, like, the, the idea that it's all smashed up is so great. But you put your cup under it and it just shoots it all over the room every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, like, I, I, I like the idea of crushed ice, but in my head, it's always just a happy goblin with, a like, a huge hammer in there. Oh, yep. Because, like, realistically, that's how I break ice, is I just have to, like, wallop it with a rolling pin or something like that. And it's just, like, how... Surely this is not well-engineered enough that it's not going to immediately break with the force required to crush ice. I give this freezer, like, three years unless there's some sort of goblin inside it that's just, like, actually getting some job satisfaction from its, the ice crushing. I imagine it's just a small version of the industrial mobile shredder videos where they're, like, oh. throwing anything into the shredder. I love those videos. They're ve very similar to the... The, oh, the hydraulic the press. The hydraulic videos? press. It's yeah. the same yeah. same genre, right? <laughs> yep. But the the shredder ones are great because they'll throw yep. anything in there and it gets torn to pieces. I find the shredder ones more like frightening. Yeah, they're somehow. visceral for sure. They're very scary. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the hydraulic satisfying. press like stuff will explode out the sides. Yeah. Like I there's a lot like to that too. Curly <laughs> ribbons. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> like, always fun. A little liquid that comes out. I'm like. Mm -hmm. Ooh. <laughs> I feel like it's probably a lot easier to avoid the hydraulic press, right? You just yeah. don't go near it. Yeah. But like yeah. the mobile shredder, oh. you could fall in the mobile shredder at any time. I feel <laughs> that in my day-to-day -day life. Like, yeah, you, you never know I when you fucking fall into the shredder. I am not currently concerned about a hydraulic press. It would be very slow. <laughs> yeah, It could squish me a little bit and I just yeah. get out of the way. Yeah, all right, we're done. But a shredder, like... <laughs> You're gone. That, no. It doesn't let go. It's just, yeah. Things don't come back out of the shredder. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, but if the shredder's fast, anyhow, Moxie. <laughs> moving on give me your spicy i can taste plastic level opinion about any food you want i think that people need to calm down at restaurants when it comes to the burgers they serve mm. Why is it so tall? How am I supposed to eat it? Why are there so many things inside? It's like bun bun and then like the patty is like twice as big. There's like three things of onions and lettuce and like if you have to stick a little stick through it to keep it together, it's too big. Mm. How am I supposed to eat that? So just bring back like basics, I guess. Don't hide your burger behind a sheen of fried egg and guacamole pineapple yeah. slaw. Serve me a high-quality burger that's tasty on its own merits. Yeah, that just needs some ketchup or something. I don't know. Something easy. Yeah, but then the chef that's had ideas about like molecular gastronomy can't have some fun. He can He can judge me. He can tweet about me. I don't care what he does. But <laughs> I just need to be able to like eat the burger in one bite and not have to like separate it. Is it? Other than that, also, I think that cheese or cheese pizza is best, and pizza is just best with nothing on it but cheese. Mm. And that's crazy. That's wild to me because it's no you no sauce. Is that like no white tomato sauce. sauce? White sauce. So oh. like a like a white sauce, like a kind of garlicky cream kind of thing. Yeah. Like all right, yeah, like a white pie. Is, and that is that like a white pie with like also the ricotta on it, or is we're just doing just cheese. straight mozzarella yep. on there? Just. Whatever the basic cheese. Is it cheese. mozzarella or is it like American cheese? Be honest. <laughs> the slices of 
be honest. <laughs> yellow squares on don't, it. Don't lie to me. I won't judge you. Never. Yellow and white American cheese. Just basic, no meat, no nothing. Cheese is just the best. It just, that's all you need. What do you think about burger sideboarding? So you take the concept of the huge burger, 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 <laughs> um, but you make it a best of three. And after like game one, you can trade some stuff in. You know, like I think that is a burger, good alternative to the big stack. Instead yeah. of big stack, just put it on the side, and I can sideboard in what I want. Yeah. Serve so you three sliders instead of one burger. Yeah. More bread. Then. It's like a fajita, but with a burger, right? Well, that's what we do, yeah. don't we? You have three tacos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why not three burgers? Well, yeah. Then, then it's just slider territory, and I know. Uh, Sliders are. I've I've talked to people who have like a visceral aversion to sliders because of the name of them. Uh, Not a fan of John Reese Davies dramas from the nineties. <laughs> I enjoyed that show. <laughs> They're just ew, gross sliders. Huh. Like, I don't know. I remember the special effects being strangely good at the time? I thought. Do, do but maybe I was a poor judge. I I was a kid, so I yeah, I don't so I wasn't was I. sophisticated. But do you remember the episode of Sliders where they where they everything seems perfect, and then they get to they they think they're finally home, and then they notice they they get honked at because they're stopped at a red light, and that oh, this is everything's the same except that you oh, drive no. on a a red and stop on a green in this universe, and they're yeah. like we have to keep sliding, and I was yep. like really I would have quit. <laughs> but there's there's the ethics of it. <laughs> you gotta finish what you started i think did they or did the series just get canceled well <laughs> but that's the problem that's <laughs> that show had gimli in like that show was rad yeah it's, it's, and and jerry o'connell and other cast members yeah those are the only two like yeah. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell apparently still doing things also, like, totally mind-boggling to me. He's the voice of the Lower Decks captain, is he oh, not? Oh, really? I didn't oh, know. That's God. funny. Oh, I hope, I hope I'm right. That's, that show's funny. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at James desperately to back me up on this fact. <laughs> See, we used to be able to make shows like that because people weren't spending so long eating their burgers. Oh. Absolutely Think correct. Think the man hours lost. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're good, Kathleen. Oh, thank God. I haven't seen you be wrong about a single thing since I've been here, by the way. Just a heads up, like, just proceed with the blazing confidence that that is that you deserve because you haven't been wrong about a single thing since I, I've gotten here. I will not remember to do laundry, but I will remember Jerry O'Connell's career because I might be asked at a trivia contest yep. one day. Uh, just in case. Just in case. Oh, just in case. No. Imagine at the trivia contest. Like, <laughs> Did you change your load of laundry? <laughs> Nobody knows. Oh Not no. I do that's that's about like I'll leave the house and be like the stove is still on with the cast mm. iron pan on top of it a hundred percent. Like yep. uh, like I'll convince myself yeah. that mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm, what's mm -hmm. happening. I, I, I recently... have to touch my straightener. <laughs> Every time I have to touch it, I'm like I know, I see it unplug from the wall, but mm -hmm. I just have to have my hand on it mm -hmm, so I can. Mm -hmm. I you, know that I did that. You unplug it, and even though it's totally fine, you put it in the sink because that's yep. the late, the least flammable place in your house. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Do you ever forget <laughs> to take your pizza out of the oven? No, no. That's lucky. I just leave stuff on the toaster oven. Yeah. It's on. It's all, always on. Just leave it I, on. I recently forgot to take my pizza out of the oven, which is like. So much cleanup and a wasted pizza. And <laughs> Did your house smell right? like pizza? 
No, because I I also found out that I'd forgotten to put it in the oven. So, <laughs> so, so oh, so your oven, oven was, was just, just on? on. <laughs> yeah. The pizza was just sitting sitting on the bench still. One time I was cooking mozzarella sticks, and I actually don't know if I should admit this, but I'm going to because I've already started. Um, <laughs> I, That's the spirit. I didn't want to do the oven, so I wanted to do the microwave. And on the package it said cook for seven minutes in the oven. So I was like, okay. So that just must translate to seven minutes oh, in the microwave. No. Oh, no. <laughs> And I'm like up in my room on the second floor, and like smoke just comes underneath the door. <laughs> and I open it up. And it's complete, it smells like burnt cheese. I was saying with my dad at the time, this was, I don't want to tell you how old I was, but I was not a child. And I was, I ran downstairs and I, they burned into the plate. I throw the plate away because <gasps> wow. it was just black um, mozzarella sticks. <laughs> you enjoy playing The Sims, right? I do, yeah. Do you feel like you connect with the characters? I do, yeah. <laughs> Level, when they yeah. just go off on tangents and I look over and they just have a fire in the kitchen yeah. and yeah. That seemed like sim behavior. But I like that. I don't like my sims to have perfect lives. I like there to right. be chaos. A little interest. Yeah. A little interesting. So yeah. Don't tell anybody I told you guys that story. That was <laughs> great. Absolutely. On mm -hmm. the down low. Thanks. If you like that story, leave it in the comments below. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> tell me i'm not alone that's what i'll take yeah 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 tell me you did something like that yeah share right? about how you definitely absolutely like everybody's done that that's, everybody right yes yeah. i have a on my on my youtube channel i have a disclaimer on the in the description that says like hey if you see a misplay like and you really want to point it out maybe share a misplay that you've made as well and nobody points out misplays anymore <laughs> yeah i'm just there you go i'm brave enough to admit it I'm being very brave right now. Which is mm -hmm. thank you. <laughs> well, I think the mozzarella could have foroed you. <laughs> yeah, it said it to my did, face, so I burnt you, it in the what microwave. Happened, what happened the next time you cooked it? <laughs> so I get all my anger. I burnt it in the microwave for being mean to me. Oh. <laughs> well, if you've ever enacted revenge on food... I don't know. That's real specific, but let us know. Tell me about it. I might even read it. Uh, but uh, this is that about does it for this episode of Tap Tap Concede. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. This was a very fun and delightful uh, discussion of magic and many other things. Uh, and uh, once again, a thank you to our sponsors at CardKingdom.com. Uh, let us know or let well let us know that you like us because i just want the ego boost but also let card kingdom know that you like us you can uh go to card kingdom and if you make an order you can say loading ready run sent me button please and they'll send you a button or you can uh use our affiliate code uh which is uh card kingdom com slash e d s h like elder dragon social club and then they'll know that you also watch that and if you aren't watching that we're gonna have an episode with voxy coming up soon at undisclosed editing timeline, so DVD. Yeah, soon soon as Matt gets on that, uh, but Matt's working hard on other things, so don't pester him. Um, but yeah, and uh, thank you to all your support on our Patreon. Uh, you make this happen, and it's really appreciated. So thank you very much. Um, and uh, that's that's it for us. Bye, everybody. 